I forget the actual statistic, but it's something like they like brands that are winning with Facebook and Instagram. And by winning, I mean they're seeing some awesome returns, are producing probably 10 to 12 times more content than the average brand on Facebook and Instagram. Hello and welcome to the Ecom Ops Podcast. We believe that there is more than enough content focused on e-commerce marketing and not enough content celebrating the real heroes of e-commerce, those running the operation. Each week, we find and interview an e-commerce operations expert to share the secrets behind how some of this industry's most exciting businesses are run. I'm your host, Norbert Strappler, the CEO of SingSpider. Hello and welcome to the Ecom Ops Podcast. My name is Norbert and today I'm talking to Chase. Hey Chase, how are you? Hey, I'm doing fantastic. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for being in the show. Guys, Chase has an agency, Electric Eye, focusing on making um, e-commerce store owners grow more. Tell us a bit more about that, Chase. Yeah, absolutely. So we've been, uh, what is it now? Six years, I think I've been doing this. Uh, the team has grown a lot. Uh, we just made our seventh or eighth hire. He starts next Monday. Um, so it's been a wild ride. But yeah, this, uh, we basically uh, focused in on e-commerce very early, probably within the same month. We just said Shopify is the only one we're playing with anymore. Uh, it just we're lazy, really. You know, what I mean, learning other platforms is hard. So we just picked one and we went with it. <laughs> um, so we've been doing that, that right. So uh, basically, awesome. the ins and outs of it are. We partner with these brands uh, and we focus on some main KPIs kind of within our kind of scaling framework. We, we, we follow this process that we built called the brand scaling framework. Uh, and we just help these brands crush it. Uh, and it just kind of comes down to looking at the numbers and making a strategy and get, making them better. Awesome. How did you get into e-commerce? My business partner actually got me into e-commerce. I was uh, uh, who are you? <laughs> yeah, well, I was like terrified of I was terrified of e-commerce, uh, honestly, because I mean I've been a I've been like a hustler, like a freelancer my whole life, and you know, in, in a previous life I was in a touring band, right? And I was like just doing pretty much anything to pay the bills because the band absolutely wasn't. And so I was like doing magazine layout covers. I started to learn WordPress. I started to build out you know brochure websites. Is now what I know to be them to be called. Um, stuff that was a little bit easier, I guess, in the tech space. And I started getting the ads a little bit, got into Facebook, and that was really fun. And then my uh, my business partner had left his uh, previous job. He was uh, like the third hire at a direct consumer vintage clothing company that launched that did very well. Um, so he left there with a lot of e-commerce experience and a big love for Shopify. And so when he was kind of freelancing after that gig, uh, we kind of just started tag teaming some products, like some projects together. Um, and I realized that, you know, my fear of e-commerce was like, I didn't want to be able to screw up the website to where they couldn't process orders. And then I realized, you know, with Shopify, I was like, well, I just like really hardly anything I can screw up here. Uh, let's go all in. So I started doing these projects with Sean. And uh, next thing we know, we had like six or seven retainer clients. And they're like, who do we pay? And then like we were like, oh, shit, taxes exist. We should probably make a business. Um, and that's kind of <laughs> how we got started. <laughs> okay. So uh, 
quite an interesting way how to get into e-commerce by doing something completely different and learning everything. But this is what I hear so often. So uh, a lot of people did something entirely different, jumped into e-commerce and uh, learned everything from scratch, which is great, actually. Um, what sets Electric Eye apart from your competition? Ooh, that's a great question. Um, we are... I hate to like use these terms, but like we're all like rock stars or A players. I mean, everybody on the team is so much smarter than me. Um, just the questions that I throw at them that come from kind of the prospects and just the how confident they are in their answers. Like we've only been doing Shopify now for five years straight, so there's not a problem that we haven't solved yet. So like no one's gonna have a question for us that we won't have an answer for, or just know the way to solve it. Um, and you know what? It's getting to the point where if you do have a question that seems like we don't know the answer, it's probably because you're doing something you shouldn't be doing. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Um, where do you stand on the idea that um, using Facebook and Instagram ads will dramatically boost your sales? Um, I believe Facebook and Instagram ads are like gasoline, right? Yeah. Uh, if you've got a fire going already, you know, and you pour some gas on it, of course that thing's going to get bigger. It's going to do the thing. But if you don't have a fire to begin with, and you pour gas, you're just pouring gas on the ground and wasting it. So what I'm saying there is, if you have product market fit, you are already experiencing some sales, and you know, by some, I mean enough to have like a significant amount of data to like play around with. Then you can like go into Facebook and Instagram advertising. You're usually going to have a good time as long as you can like, you know, produce the content and write some good copy and, and all that jazz. Like it, what you're selling, Facebook will allow you to market on their, on their, on their services. Um, yeah, I think you'll have a great time there, but I think people have this whole idea where that Facebook will solve an underlying problem. Which is usually like they don't have product market fit. Their messaging doesn't match what the consumer might want, uh, and they think that just throwing money at paid ads will instantly solve a fundamental like just disconnect between their product and their consumer. So before you start advertising on any channel, you should become market fit, and yes. you should have the right wording, and you should have test cased everything, um, so you don't waste the money. If, if if this is the outtake, right? Yeah, I mean, it's just, well, it's like, because, you know, back in the Wild West, five or six years ago of Facebook ads, you could honestly make money with anything. And it, it was fun. But that those days are over, long gone. The, the, just the ecosystem of paid ads on Facebook is so much more mature. Um, it's just so expensive that you, no one can afford to figure it out with paid ads. What like you could like five years ago? Five years ago, you could do some cool broad audiences stuff and maybe make it work. But these days, it's just so it's so extremely difficult. And someone's gonna be like, "Well, so and so did it," or blah blah blah. Like has like this whole thing about how they did it, and it's like great, but that's probably not their first rodeo doing this. And you, as the brand new e-commerce entrepreneur, or like your first foray into getting into the direct consumer e-commerce space, I guarantee you don't have just the man hours or the sweat equity that you that someone else has put into Facebook to have this their 100th try at it work out. And that's the case study you see. You know what I mean? You only see the overnight success. Um, so yeah, it's just, it's just so expensive and it's not guaranteed. And I think that uh, that 
that budget, that money can be better utilized elsewhere in kind of those growing stages. The thing is, uh, Chase, what, what I read very often, and I'm in a bunch of uh, Shopify groups, um, and what I read very often is, I just launched my web shop with that URL, blah, 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 and um, I still have no sales. So what should we tell such people? What should they do? Yeah, all right. This is the hardest thing. And uh, all, all you can hear from most agencies that are worth their salt is you're just going to get advice and it's going to come down to the same things. Like go where your customers are, do organic, create content, ask around in forums, on Reddit, on Facebook groups. You know Where does your demo live and hang out on the internet? Go there, answer questions, be of value to them. Let them know that kind of, your product exists, but you know, don't be overtly salesy. What you want to get from these... These individuals, especially at this stage, is you just want to get feedback. Like, does this is this product something that you're interested in? What are what's confusing about this product? You know what I mean? They'll help you write your copy like way better than anything because they'll just have questions and you use that to improve your product. Um, you know, I I honestly believe no agency out there can help you find product market fit, and the ones that possibly could aren't like aren't agencies in a sense like mine is like a direct consumer agency where we help brands grow. They're more like product agencies where they're building their own products and then growing them themselves. Because that's a whole different kind of expertise and line of thought. Um, but yeah, I just at the beginning, it's just getting product market fit is the hardest thing to do. And it's kind of just around putting it in front of people and asking what they think about it and just iterating, iterating until you start to get people that want to give you money, like honestly, and not your friends, your families, or your mom. It's like random people that you know your product is resonating with them and it seems to solve a need or, or land a benefit that they want in their life. And that's kind of when you're onto something. Yeah. And I think the hardest part for these um, starting Shopify owners that really start as um, often a dropshipping company or, um, um, or, or with a new product, um, they... Of course, they they need the money. They need uh, the sales that they can grow. They have maybe even quit their job already to start the e-commerce business and they don't see an income. Um, and I think this is really the hardest time because, yeah, you cannot afford an agency to um, make the sales starting on your website. You have don't have enough money for that. Uh, and on the other end, your product is not fit enough. So you, you should find those leads themselves. But I can also only recommend them to be a bit patient, to um, really do that research that Chase um, just mentioned, because this is what you will need to really make your product good enough for sales. And I know it from our own products that we launch uh, in the SaaS business. Um, if it's not market fit, then you pay so much money to Facebook um, and, and it's simply um, a hard, hard time um, to, to, to do this. What other channels, Chase? What other channels besides Facebook and Instagram? What should we use? I mean, there's a million channels out there. And I think these days, if I was going to launch a brand, this is what I would do. Okay? So I would A... I would even I wouldn't even build a product like I wouldn't even make the thing yet. I would just like get a rendering done of it and be like, "This is my product." And I'd go and try to see if people like that, and I'd iterate on that before I even pay a dollar into manufacturing. First of all, because that's with the power of technology, you can just make products in Photoshop and like pretend like they exist and go get feedback. So I do that first of all. 
that concept of sell it before it exists. Um, say that uh, my widget that we've built now, uh, it's got some traction. People like it. People actually want to buy it. It's like, all right, cool. I'd probably do you know perhaps a kick uh, Kickstarter esque kickoff with a really cool campaign behind it. Um, I I believe if you've got a product that really solves a problem, that's a good way to do it. I would also launch uh, just immediately going after micro and macro influencers to try to get partnerships with that. Put the product in their hand. Have them so. Most people just think like, give them the product, they're going to give you sales. Like, cool, that's a benefit if it works. But actually what I want here is I just want to get a system built in my business where I can get content created for me without much of a lift because that's going to become like the crux of everything down the line. Uh, so I'm going to try to build out a system here where I can like speak with influencers and and give them the product. And obviously, they're going to promote it for us because that's, that's, that's the number one goal. But the secondary goal of that is I want them to give us the content back so then we can repurpose that content through all of our emails and all of our, uh, you know, put it on our websites, put it on the product page, put it on all of our socials. Uh, so I'd start kind of building out this content generation system. I'd also probably find local freelancers, even college kids or younger, uh, that would want to like help produce content around this product that I'm selling. Um, and this is where it gets a little like, I can't broadly state what to do here because every product's unique and you kind of have to like figure it out for yourself. Um, but yeah, just producing content is always the hardest part. And that's where people also fail with Facebook ads. When you do finally get to that thing is they're not producing nearly enough content that they need to test on Facebook. And like, I'm, I forget the actual statistic, but it's something like they like brands that are winning with Facebook and Instagram. And by winning, I mean, they're seeing some awesome returns are producing probably 10 to 12 times more content than the average brand on Facebook and Instagram. And wow. building out those content production systems are, are super important. So the, I already mentioned two, which was you know influencer route, like start those relationships to get initial buzz about your business and have them hopefully... you know Well, not hopefully, just say you have to do it. Get them to give you the content back. Uh, obviously, start to just produce it in-house, you know, either buy a camera, do it yourself and get good at it, or uh, hire someone that you can afford, the best that you can afford. That's the best advice ever, by the way. Hire the best person that you can afford at the time. Never, never skimp out on that. Um, but then the third way to get content is uh, you can start going after UGC, user-generated content. So this would be kind of in parallel with what you're doing with the influencers. Their content is probably going to be a lot better because it's their job professionally is to make content. But you can still ask your, your actual customers who are buying it at this point for content as well. Uh, so now you've got three ways that you're getting content brought into your business. You've built like a cool system here. And then now you're probably ready to start giving Facebook and Instagram a try. Um, you know, and I also kind of glossed over a lot of other stuff you should do, but if you don't have email automations in place, like also do that. That's like super important before you start going into paid ads. Uh, other than that, we've been finding success through like Google Shopping is a pretty fun channel for scaling. Um, I have kind of changed my tune on Amazon lately to the point where it's like, you know, just give the customer what they want in the channels that they're shopping. So, you know, if you see uh, your product or similar products on Amazon, like why let someone buy a ripoff of it? Just like put it on Amazon. I've seen what people do sometimes is they'll do uh, they'll do a different skew, like so a different variant of the product exists only on that channel. So it still gives the people what they want, but it's you know it doesn't belittle what happens on your your current website. 
And people are like, oh, like Amazon fees, blah, 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 blah. It's like, yeah, but you're going to pay pretty much the same margin to acquire the customer through Facebook and Instagram ads. Like yeah. you, you can't see the forest for the trees. It's just now at this point, we're starting to talk velocity and that's like way further down the line. Yeah, it's a never-ending discussion with the customers. So um, I, I, I see the same thing. So um, yeah, you you need to invest a lot in marketing, and and sometimes it's even higher to 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 acquire a new customer. Um, you need to invest a bit more money than you would pay in commissions by selling selling on Amazon and eBay. On uh, in the US, Walmart also is coming. So or it is already there, but it's also increasing. Um, in the sales numbers. So it's really um, an interesting strategy, um, especially for new products to also launch on a marketplace where the audience is already looking for products. Yeah, I, I kind of like skirted around that. That's also a very good tactic. Uh, you know, launching it on a marketplace to where there are already eyes searching for similar products, like that's a good way to find out if you have product market fit. And then, you know, you can pull it off there and try to run it. DTC, like build your own Shopify store and kind of do it all that way. It's obviously going to be like a lot less sales starting there, but in the long term, you'll own that customer relationship and it will be a lot more profitable of a business, like at the yeah. end of the day. And, and what, what, what kind of results do you see coming from affiliate marketing? Ooh, that's a good question. It's, it, I think affiliate marketing is one of, it's similar to maybe influencer in a way in my in my brain, but it's also completely different. But I, I would basically say, like, I think finding the proper affiliates or finding the proper influencers is definitely like a strategy where it it like can't be half-assed. It's got to be someone's kind of maybe potentially their full-time job is to identify, vet, and work with these partners to make sure that you're getting quality. Uh, kind of inbound traffic from from those efforts, and it, it kind of goes back to there's dozens, if not more, ways to get initial traction for your brand, and we've talked about a bunch of them already today. And it's don't do them all; pick one or two and focus on it. Is like the best advice as well, because if everything's important, nothing's important, and you're just gonna be like shotgunning and like feeling worn out by none of your stuff working. It's because you haven't done the same thing enough to do it well and then to finally get the traction. So definitely focus on one or two strategies, maybe one for top of the funnel, one for middle of the funnel, um, and kind of just keep running that until it starts to work, until you start to get some more income and maybe you can hire someone to help you out. Mm. What kind of uh, role does automation play in uh, your operations or in the operations of your customers? Dude, I'm a huge automation nerd. I've automated yeah. so much cool stuff for us. Yeah. yeah. Um, Zapier, Integromat, those things are super cool. I literally just interviewed... Oh, I'm about to interview Sarah, who just uh, launched Alloy Automation, which is like uh, basically Zapier for Shopify, which is really cool. Kind of competing, competing... Not really competing against Flow. It's like... I would say it's a little bit better than Flow already on the Shopify Plus ecosystem. But like that thing's cool. I mean, we built some really cool stuff, especially during the pandemic. When people were doing like more uh, digital products and we could like do some really cool things, we were doing gated content with automations through customer tagging. Uh, you know, we were giving, uh, we built this cool system for one client. So they used to do these in person webinars, like seminars. Sorry, there were seminars, they were in person, you, you know, physically face to face. But then we, we helped them do it as a webinar. And we built this kind of super cool integration between Shopify and uh, Zoom. And like sold 
like the webinar that way and like made it all work with automation magic. And it was like, it was a fun little project. I was like, I know we can do this. And like, I'm like, that's what I like automation. It's very fun. That's cool. Great. And for customers, it's also important to get product data in, um, order data out, shipping centers. So everything involved in automations, the more, the less work. Oh yeah, absolutely. And it's all, those are things that are always like, I think the customers don't realize what actually can be automated. It's like a lot of stuff can be automated. It's basically needs a trigger, the data and where it needs to go. And there's probably a way to automate it. It's just kind of like, how much is this going to change things? You know, sometimes I, I've definitely invested, you know, 10 or 12 hours to save myself five minutes, which is dumb, but <laughs> that's sometimes that's like the rabbit holes you go down. If it's five minutes an hour, then it makes sense. If it's five minutes a day, it's also still good. <laughs> if it's five minutes a month, okay, you probably should not automate it in 10 hours. <laughs> no, that's fine. That's fine. Automation is really the king. Um, what will your um, team be focused in the next 12 months? Uh, that's a great question. Um, we're focusing on processes always we're very process driven um if you like books anyone listen so our, our business is ran on on this like eos entrepreneurial operating system it's uh based upon a book uh, called traction by gina wickman it's a very very good book to read uh if you feel like there's like no rhyme or reason to how you make choices in your business so we've been doing this for three or four years and it, it truly changed our business um it's kind of written for a corporate level. We adopted it down to uh, like a boutique agency. You know, there's seven of us, so we we made a, mod- a lot of modification to how the system works. But we made a, we now have an operating system behind the decision making at our company. So we're we're very kind of forward focused on big problems. Um, so now we're like tackling uh, some some kind of bigger things. So we're building out a Shopify app for the agency to tackle common problems for our clients. So that's a fun project we've been taking on. Like last quarter, we built out a framework for rapid development of custom themes. So that was a really cool project that we took on. So now we can like build custom themes in half the time. Um, you know, we're doing a lot of cool stuff with marketing, uh, you know, building out reporting dashboards to kind of, you know, focus on the KPIs that we want to showcase for our clients. Um, but at the end of the day, it's just making our clients a lot more money and working with cool clients to help them kind of get to that next level. I'm, the goal is to like help these clients get to like $10 million a year and they have to fire us. And we're like, that's fine. Like they have to bring it in house. Like we'll get, we get it. That's cool. You know what I mean? We helped you get that big and now you can't, now you have to like, you know, your velocity so fast, you have to get someone in house to handle that specific thing. Like, I feel like that's a, a triumph and not a loss. Absolutely. That's cool. That's a great strategy and a great goal um, to get fired from a customer because they are so big. <laughs> so I love that. Um, who has taught you the most about e-commerce in your career? Um, I've learned a lot from Kurt Elster. Uh, he's, a, he's a mentor of mine. He's very, very, very smart gentleman. And there's a piece of advice that he told me before we were actually friends uh, that I always like to kind of look back on. And he was just, it, it was kind of like this concept of like, uh, you know, a rising tide raises all ships. He's like, dude, 
because like we're at the precipice of this crazy big thing here with e-commerce and market saturation. This is years before the pandemic, like even like thrust that thing like through the roof. And he was like, every single person, you know, that you think is your competitor is probably more your ally than not. And just, you know, go to everyone and and just try to provide value and it'll open up a lot more doors than you know being stingy and like assuming everyone's competition. Um and it, that was a really good kind of like point that he made and I took it to heart and it definitely changed a lot of my outlook on business and, and growing the agency and kind of what we do. Uh and partners are a huge part of our business now. Like even like direct competitors are like partners of ours. Um, and it, it really, nice. really, truly works. Right. Uh, you know, I, I truly believe like, you know, you catch more flies with honey than vinegar or whatever, dude, it, it works. Like <laughs> I, in some of like some of the best content that I make, like, like with this, with you and like with other, with other agencies in my ecosystem, it's like, we're, we're bidding on the same project, but these people are, are whip smart and we're nice and we help solve problems together. And it's, it's just super cool to, a, approach it with that attitude, then you know everything's a secret. It's like no one, no, nothing's a secret. We're not reinventing the wheel here. We're building websites that sell stuff to people. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. This is great. Thank you so much for your time. It was really a pleasure learning much today. Um, one of the best things that um, our listeners can take out here is really make your product market fit. Before you do advertising, uh, before you really invest a lot of money, of course, you can run test campaigns. That, that makes sense, absolutely, um, uh, to run some test campaigns and see how the market reacts. But before the wording isn't there, before the copy isn't correct, before you didn't address everything around the product that people want to buy, don't put that much money into the ads um, and also give it a try on a channel. So that there are marketplaces out there that focus on selling the product. Just see how others do it there. List your products on the marketplace, get some of the pieces sold and, and see how, how it goes and, and then try to increase the uh, regular sales. Costs of a marketplace um, are quite similar to costs of acquiring new customers. Right. Absolutely. Cool. Chase, thanks so much. Have a great time and good luck with your growing your agency. Awesome. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Bye-bye. And that's it for this episode of the Ecom Ops Podcast. If you enjoyed listening and would like us to find and interview more e-commerce operations experts, please search for Ecom Ops Podcast in your favorite podcast listening app and then subscribe, rate, and review. Until next time. 